I made it sound like I have a way to start, but I don't. I know, I know, I know, I know, no, don't worry about it. We don't, we always do have a certain thing that we say at the beginning of the show, but uh, we also always we forget how... Yeah, oh, we have an intro? Yeah. With like, sometimes we play it, you know, with the theme song, like, welcome to something, something. And then this week's episode, we talk about this. But so we can only record that at the end because we're not really sure what we're going to talk yeah. about. <laughs> so... But at the end, you just forget. Yeah. Uh, I have I have a recurring little thing on the show notes, uh, like with a little checkbox saying, did you record the intro to make sure that we don't forget. I still, we still forget. Yeah, we still forget. And so listeners, listen to this. Go back. Like we sometimes have an intro. <laughs> Most of the times we don't. That's, that's why. So you're back. You're, you're Freddy. Do we need to introduce you again? I mean, I don't know. People don't listen to every episode, but. I mean, people people know who I'm no, joking. <laughs> <laughs> Just from my voice. Um, yeah, I think we could do little, little a small version, like a compressed version, I guess. I'm uh, I'm joining Rafa again this week to uh, do the podcast because Kevin is still having fun mm-hmm. in Europe, not in Amsterdam, unfortunately. Um, he's missing out. Mm. I'm telling you, he's missing out. He really is. I mean, he's. <laughs> It looks like having fun. But, of course, yeah. of course. <laughs> um, I'm a, um, I guess I'm a Dutch illustrator working in tech. And uh, it's interesting that you add Dutch as like part of the, part of what defines you. You well, could say I'm an illustrator, but you, you say I'm a Dutch illustrator. What do you think that is? I guess it has to do with um, people usually not really knowing where I'm from. Oh, so it's like it's a preemptive. Not excuse, but like, hey, some of the things I might say might sound foreign to you. That's because they are. And also, like, I might say a word with a weird accent. That's because... Yeah, I think okay. so. But also, I don't know. Um, my brand in, in, in general is not really like, oh, I'm Dutch. But that's also... I, I get emails from Dutch people all the time. And they address me in English. And then I email them back and I say... Um, we can do this in Dutch, I think, can't we? <laughs> just checking. You're just checking. So, I don't know. I um, um, I started saying it sometimes because it, it kind of helps uh, putting me into context as well. I mm-hmm. mean, it also helps maybe to know that I'm not an expert, I guess, sometimes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. Interesting. Interesting, uh, Interesting. observation. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a Dutch illustrator. I work in tech, usually. Um, I work freelance. I love freelance. And um, I met cool. you, yeah, I met you through, in, through the internet, I think. Right? We, yeah. yeah. And if you want to know more about Freddie and her background, go listen to episode 151, the yeah. last one. I think that's the, the right number. Uh, we talk, yeah. talk more about your background and it's a cool, it's a cool show. Also, so today we sound different. We, we, sound, we have a different setup yeah. working here. Because yeah. we are recording in person. Yeah. Listeners of this show, me and Catherine, we don't record in person. We record, you know, very much, very far one from another in, in our homes. And so we have a different setup. Today, like last week, we tried, we record in person, like we're sitting at the same table, but we had two microphones. Yeah. So I was recording my, my, my end and you were recording your end. I should say that because microphones pick up audio everywhere, uh, I was naive to think that I could pull this off. It was a pain in the ass edit. <laughs> I hope. People didn't notice that it was a pain in the ass to edit, hopefully. It sounded, uh, it sounded good, though. Yeah? Yeah, I listened thanks. to it. Yeah, it sounded but good. But, like, you you can't really do much content editing. I can't cut a part, like, something that I said, or if I coughed, because 
you could hear it on the whatever. So yeah. it was it was kind of tricky. But so today we are we have a different setup, and that's why we sound different. I hope we don't sound bad. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we don't sound as good, but so we're we're sharing one microphone, one end, which means there won't be a lot of editing because I just can't, and which means. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of sounds like this, yeah. like me on a table and me typing on my laptop. It probably sounds like you're in a room with us a little bit. Yeah. This can also be cozy. It can. Are we going to go back to the SMR thing? We were talking about it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, I'm triggering people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. ASMR is great, though. Yeah. I mean, uh, okay, we're going to maybe Maybe, hey, stick around for the after show. And what I mean by the after show is after we I say the outro and say you can follow us on Twitter and you hear the music. The podcast is not over, so <laughs> you know, stay around, and then we talk about just weirder things, like ASMR, maybe. Who knows? And language, I don't know. In language, <laughs> yes. We were just hey, we were talking for twenty minutes actually. <laughs> oh shit, that's a whole. Okay. See, if you want to listen to the linguistics podcast, <laughs> yes. Stay tuned after the show. Okay, so Freddie, you are back. Um, we didn't talk about everything that we wanted to talk about last week. Right. So there's, let's just say, let's set up the. Set up the expectations. I want to start by saying what we're going to talk about because then we have to stick to it. To it. Yeah. Because you're not going to, Kevin will be back next week. Yeah. So we might have you like some other day, but not what I'm trying week. to say is next week we can't just cover everything we left. Yeah. So today I want to talk to you about your whole PC gaming. You built your own PC, PC gaming. And also just, I, want to, I wanted to explore more that working as a designer illustrator on Windows which is still rare. And actually, I got some messages from listeners saying, like, I'm really glad that you're talking about Windows a little bit because, you know, not everyone is on the Apple ecosystem or whatever. Um, and then I want to talk about your complicated relationship with dark mode. I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And lastly, something you brought up today. You you want to you wanna be convinced if you should buy an Apple Watch or not. Yes. Yeah, we have to talk about that. That's okay. very important. Yeah. So three things. We should yeah. get to it because we've been talking for 20 minutes already. Yep, yep, yep. yep okay, yep, yep, yep. Freddie. We touched briefly last week that you are into the Windows world a little bit because yeah. you. I don't. I don't think we covered this part, but you built your own. Is it fair to say called PC gaming? Because I guess you use it for other non-gaming related things, but you built your own PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And gaming is definitely was part of uh, why I built it. But um, yeah. So why? You mentioned gaming, but like, why did even gaming? Why did you felt the need to build your own PC as opposed to just buy a console or buy a pre-built PC? <laughs> yeah, um, this it's interesting. Pre-built PC, I I hadn't even considered that. You know, that's really interesting. I hadn't even th thought of that. So the thing is, um, I used to build computers with my dad when I was a kid, and. Um, As, as a kid, I was always swapping parts for my computers and, like, making things work smoother and reinstalling and doing things with drivers and everything. A PC user, effectively. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. No, but, like, I mean, um, for some reason, my parents always let me just, like, tinker with the computer, which is insane. Like, I, I don't know if I would, like, let my kids do that, but... Um, They did. It was great. <laughs> so I feel very comfortable uh, doing that, and I, I was really into the idea of being able to pick and choose why and what I put into my PC. So the journey began because my laptop's kind of dying. And we, we touched on this a little bit last week as well. It's like a 13-inch MacBook from 2013. Um, 13, it's a 15-inch MacBook from 2013. There we go. Um, 
then it started dying a little bit and I kind of wanted to learn how to animate or like dabble a little bit in 3D and my laptop really is not fit for that at mm. all anymore like it's fine to do like my daily stuff I can do Photoshop Illustrator all those things um but um I needed an upgrade and I'm not ready to buy a new laptop so it's like what I'm gonna do I'm gonna build a PC because that has like really big nostalgic like value to me and um I was kind of into the idea of being able to play some games again because I used to own a PS4. Um, but um, a what? PS4. Oh, sorry. console. Um, but um, I guess uh, someone else took that <laughs> in the breakup. Uh-huh. You know. Uh-huh. And I was like, am I gonna? Am I gonna buy a PS4 again or not? And the thing is, there. Um, the specific type of games that I like to play are like I really enjoy playing RPGs, right? And honestly, I just miss playing RPGs on a PC versus like playing them on a PS4. Um, so I basically those things kind of came together. And for the longest time, I was interested in by uh, building a Hackintosh because, like everyone that has been working on a Mac for the previous say ten years. Um, I had a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. Um, I mean, Windows 95 and Windows 98 are the best Windows ever, right? But after that, we... XP was pretty good. Okay. It was, <laughs> it was ugly, but it was it was pretty good. I think sure. XP was the last, maybe Vista. I don't know. It was like the last... No, Vista was a disaster one. Yeah. Yeah, no, XP was the last, well, not good, but at least the mainstream Stable good. one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think we got like a very variable um, qualities of OSs from Microsoft, and especially in that time. And I think that's also the time when a lot of people start switching to macOS. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all have kind of like nightmarish uh, memories of um, of Windows, mm-hmm. um, and it's always been the kind of thing. At some point, Apple became the cool one and Windows became the lame one. And if you're a professional that, that like, you know, um, cares about stuff, then you then you are on Mac OS. And Mac always had the software that everyone wanted to use. And the it was kind of like the industry standard for a really mm-hmm. long time. So it, it, it felt a little bit weird to veer away from that. It was kind of like... Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I almost felt like I was doing a step back professionally even, which is fucking bullshit. Huh. Well, but don't, don't you feel or, or see the people are starting to... Like, Apple is not cool anymore. No. Yeah, it started changing. And the thing is, when I when I went... So I wanted to I wanted to build a Hackintosh, but I don't know if any of you... Like, I don't know if you know anything about this, but... Um, I just know that it's complicated. <laughs> it's very complicated. I yeah. mean, it's possible... Uh, but it's complicated, and the thing that kind of steered me away from it is um, you need a lot of specific parts to do it. Right. Not every graphic or graphics card work with whatever. Exactly. You, know, right? you have to get the one that is supported by Apple that you can kind of like work with. And if there's a new macOS version, yeah. pray that it won't break everything. Exactly. It will break everything. You will have to... like It's going to keep complicated. It's mm-hmm. not like you do the complicated thing, you're done, and then it's going to be amazing. And at that point, the trade-offs are like, well, now you got a cheaper iMac Pro, you know? Exactly. And I was just like, is that really worth it? And do I really need 
mackerels or do I just want it because I am used to it? Right. Anyway, um, I, at some point I was just like, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to build a Windows PC and see how I like it. Because at this point I've been, uh, there's been a lot of, some people around me that were already switching, right? There, mm. were, there were some people that were already invested into the Microsoft um, software again. So that kind of opened it up to me. Uh, but then when, st- still, when I was building my PC, I was enjoying it loads. I love building PCs. Uh, but then I was kind of afraid of the part where you install Windows and where you start working with Windows and the drivers and all the traumas from the past, basically. Mm-hmm. Going through the wizard. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> the thing is, it's not that different from Echoes. I know. Uh, here's how I see Apple and Apple's place in culture or how it's perceived today. Because we Apple, when we got into it, and we, I don't mean just you and me, but when... Our generation, When I Steve guess. Jobs got back and the iMac became cool and colorful again, and then yeah. Apple was perceived as like the young, cool, edgy person yeah. that you thought it was really cool and you kind of wanted to be like that person. Yeah. We, we, always, we always have... Everyone has this person in their life, like, ah, oh, they're so cool, I want to be like that person. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what happens is that person started to, well, they, they got older. Yeah. And right now, they're not cool, early 20s, cool no. person anymore. Now, they're, they're a dad, yeah. a parent. They're, like, they're great old men. Yeah, they're parents. And yeah. Like, well, see, I don't think they're like old men. I think they're parents. And if you see yourself as like a kid, like still young and interesting and whatever um if you see also, if you see yourself that way then a parent is like no one thinks their parents are cool no like right especially when they're a teenager yeah no one thinks they're cool so now we're in that phase in where apple is not cool anymore also they used to be the underdogs right now they're the biggest company in the world yeah exactly. Um, so like i don't think they're cool edgy anymore but no. the problem is that neither is microsoft like there there are no cool kids on the block no when it comes to platform like computing platforms or hack even Maybe phones or whatever Chrome anything OS? google i feel like they try so hard to look cool and yeah. and i think their aesthetics in a lot of places is very interesting and very appealing to me but they're not consistent it feels like the they logo. caring about design is like they're trying it's not something that comes inherent to them yeah i don't think it's at the core of the company i think no. it's a thing they try and i can see that you're forcing to be designery and cool. Yeah. And so because of that, I can't... Again, like, the Android, when I used the Pixel for a while, there were, like, peaks. There were spikes in where, oh, this was a great experience. This actually looked really good. But day-to-day, the average is pretty bad still, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. in that way, I think Google is, like... Google is, like, the cool dad that tries to go to concerts and look you know be yeah. young i'm still young <laughs> yeah but i'm only 45 <laughs> no. hey 45 is still young okay people for <laughs> listening people listening to this <laughs> i'm joking freddie <laughs> don't alienate our audience. <laughs> <laughs> no but Anywho, I mean, sorry. it's definitely interesting um but yeah i don't know um of course uh, of course font rendering is nicer on uh on mac os but who really gives a shit? Like, I think I'm also in the part of my career where, I mean, when you're just a young designer and you're still in school or you're still learning or you're in your first job, you're like, oh my God, the difference between 
area and how Vertigo is just so intense. Like it's like a whole thing. And and every every I'm pretty sure every designer goes through a phase where they're just like Helvetica yeah. Ariel like, pointing to things. And like making fun of Comic Sense. Yeah. I, I think I think the the reasons or the the arguments for all of that, like yes, Helvetica and Ariel they do have differences. Yes, you know the story behind it. Yes, you know why they're different. Yes, you know one is a ripoff, whatever. Yes, you know the quality and the work, whatever. And when you're young or younger, that is like, holy shit, that's huge. Yeah. But then as you grow older, it's like, I know the same or even more. It's just, it doesn't matter as much yeah, to it, me. It like, doesn't matter. Sure, Comic Sans is, is under uh, misused yeah. and widely misused and whatever. whatever. Can I read it? It's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's just Man. like your perspective shifts. And so I also don't really care that much about font rendering. If you use it for a while, you don't even see it anymore. Well, okay. <laughs> I like, get I it. mean, it's also because my it doesn't career- matter. It doesn't matter as much as designers make it believe that it's true. You know You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I feel like the, the whole font rendering one is the only one that um, that's still in between. Because it used to be, oh, Sketch doesn't run on Windows, right? Um, but honestly, that, that whole problem doesn't exist anymore with Figma and all the other design tools that are available now. Like, um, So do you... Do you... Because uh, you're an illustrator, so you work primarily in Illustrator in the iPad and Procreate and stuff, I assume? Um, I think mainly Procreate on iPad. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not, gonna, I'm not looking to step away from the iPad anytime soon. I think the iPad is one of the best uh, pieces of uh, hardware. The best computers. Yeah, they're yeah. really fucking good. I but really so, but, like them. But how, how often... How dependent are you on tools like Sketch and Figma and stuff? Is it Not more for is it I, more of like clients or yeah? So um, whenever I encounter a person who uses, I don't have a Sketch license anyway. So whenever I work with someone who is working with Sketch, I let them just export everything for me, cool. um, <laughs> which is a pain in the ass because when you use Figma, you can even just open it in a browser. You don't even have to get the app. And as a freelancer, I don't have to get a subscription either, which is great. Um, so that kind of like fixes it all, but, um, mm-hmm. no, I, I don't think I have open sketch in years, really. It is interesting how in the early, early days, like before the Mac became the, the, the industry's default, I guess, standard, at least in our area, because we can't forget that Macs are still like in the single digit market share. Like maybe eight, nine, I, don't, I forget what it's uh, Yeah, nine. so most people are looking at the horrible font rendering. Yeah. But like, so in so the we early... are perfecting things that most people aren't even seeing. Well, depends. Well, depends on, like right now, for me at Netlify, I, actually there's more people using macOS than... Right, 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 right. representative of, it depends on, on your market. Of your course. But so what I'm trying to say is like, at the, in the beginning of the industry, uh, the Mac was such a small, had such a small user base that... For companies like Adobe, they couldn't even possibly think of doing a Mac-only tool. Yeah. Like, they couldn't sell that. It's not a big enough market to be worth it. No. So pretty much every tool is like, there's a Windows version, and some of them, if they're big enough and they have enough resources, still have a Mac component. Yeah. And Adobe is interesting. I think Adobe started in the Mac, but yeah. before, before Windows became what it became. So it's like early, early days. Cross-platform was a default because no company could afford to be locked in just Macs or whatever. And then as the Mac became more popular in our industry, 
not only we kept that same support, like Adobe, of course Adobe is going to have a version for Mac, but we started seeing Mac-only tools like Sketch. Uh, a lot of developer tools as well. Yeah. The Mac app ecosystem, third-party app ecosystem was always not bigger, but like the quality and the, it was always like better, yeah. better quality and stuff. Yeah. But so, and because of that, because Mac, also Mac users were more willing and still are more willing to pay for software than necessarily Windows and whatever. So even though it's a smaller market, it became possible for third-party vendors like Sketch to build a tool just for Sketch. I mean, just for Mac, yeah. it was poss- It was affordable. They could do it. It's a viable business, given that the user base is growing and whatever. Um, and the Mac, like, that kept growing. There's more and more people using Macs today than back then. Yeah. But now the problem is that because of this whole VC bubble, um, being profitable and paying people's salaries, it's not the goal anymore. Yeah. The goal is to be the fucking greatest tool with the biggest audience in the world for every company. Yeah. Um, so that wow. growth became, again, very important. Yeah. And that's why, you know, tools like Figma and, and well, framers, spoilers, whatever, like these tools now they're looking again as being cross-platform is, again, imperative. Like they have to if they want to have... You have to want to grow. The the thing that I really enjoy about it is that, like, I mean, we all know that Windows computers are generally cheaper, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we also have some high-end computers now, which is great. Uh, Because there's more diversity. Yeah, there's more diversity. But um, I kind of just love the idea of also lowering the bar for people to get into design or to get into uh, development by getting a Windows computer. You can get a really, really decent computer... For not that much money, mm-hmm. if you if you build your own or, you know, are okay with having an ugly laptop because in the end it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, man, oh, I had so much fun building my PC. The thing is, the thing is, and this is a thing that I really don't like um, about building a PC is that there is still a lot of gatekeeping. Um, so um, and it comes in the form of that. Uh, things that aren't complicated are made very complicated or made Mm. to look very complicated because building a computer is super easy it really is but it'll make it seem like like that's not the perceived exactly it's it seems very hard and um you can break things (laughs) and the things that you're breaking might be 500 euros you know it's it's all very creepy and scary and Mm -hmm. everything is zyx names and and some things are compatible and other things aren't and uh, it's all very hard and but then it really isn't but like i i do feel like that's a ga- form of gatekeeping of like you know, keeping the noobs out or whatever or keeping something special um I, you see this a lot in the development com- uh, uh community as well i feel um where just, it's some some it almost feels like people just want to keep it for themselves or something i don't know what it is um, but when when you get over the the little thing where you start understanding what ZX whatever the f- means, then it's actually not that hard and it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to do. I mean, you you mentioned we were doing this when we were kids. Yeah. Right. So exactly. how hard can it be? Exactly. It's not that hard. Like. Yeah. Everything is just slides into each other, and you have a little clicky thing, and then it's. Because there's always a nerdy thing to do, maybe. Yeah. 
And so nerdy, usually you associate that with being very technical and very complex because you have to be a nerd to get it. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like, you know, the memes, like what, how, how I see myself doing, how I'm, I'm, my mom sees myself, doing, you know, it's like, I'm just Googling shit, but my mom sees me as like being this genius. I'm in the matrix or whatever. Right. It's yeah. kind of like that. People yeah. outside this, they, they perceive it as very complicated and, and tricky and edgy and we have to be so smart yeah. but people actually do it you know it's just plugging a thing in the thing and running this command right. that we saw on google like i mean honestly building a pc when when you've decided on the parts and everything and the parts are in front of you is basically like following a recipe when you're cooking mm-hmm. it's kind of like um, uh, um what's it called again a blue apron or uh, one of those <laughs> right, yeah. right you just clickety click it together and then it works and then there's usually one annoying thing that doesn't work or you have to work around some stupid things so one of the issues i walked i bumped into was that um the uh, the motherboard that i got uh, doesn't have wi-fi supports so and i wanted to cable it anyway so it's fine so in my brain if you put a cable into something it will have internet right <laughs> no what it needed a driver of oh, what's the driver yeah you know uh-huh. so and then the whole saga began of me finding a usb stick because who the fuck has a usb stick downloading the drivers on my mac putting them on the usb stick putting them in the pc of course figuring you out you can't download the drivers because there's, that's the point yeah Don't... exactly wow. and then because i used a mac formatted usb stick oh my god <laughs> i had to click okay but i couldn't use my mouse because the mouse needed drivers as well oh my lord okay you know, it's like you, you get into like little ties like that. Yeah. But the thing is, and this is um, where Windows improved a lot, is when you get the internet, it will download all the other drivers that your computer needs themselves. You okay. don't have to look for them. So that's the to... hurdle you have to go through. Yeah. Once you have that. Once yeah. You... Okay. Freddie, um, we have a new sponsor though. Can we take a quick break? Of course. Okay. Okay. This week we have a new sponsor. It's pretty exciting. It's a flat iron or flatiron, as I was saying for the longest time. <laughs> I'll try to say flat iron. I think that's how I said. So fall is in the air, and kids aren't the only ones going back to school. At Flatiron School, their students are parents, musicians, travelers, and working professionals from all walks of life. If you're an entrepreneur running your own business, or a marketer diving deeper into user behavior, or just someone who loves design, it's time to level up your creative chops. Design your future by learning UX and UI design at Flatiron School in just 24 weeks at one of their global WeWork campuses or online. Their committed instructors have both industry and teaching experience uh, and are backed by their uh, master teachers and learning experience designers to ensure you get the best possible support. While in school, you'll work on client projects and you'll graduate with a portfolio of real client work. That's pretty cool. Change careers with confidence with one-on-one support from their dedicated career coaches and a money-back guarantee. You can find complete details at flatironschool.com slash terms and uh, join their global community of changemakers at flatironschool.com slash layout. That's like our link. We have a URL. Nice. So check them out again, flatironschool.com slash layout. And our thanks um, to Flatiron for sponsoring uh, this week's episode of Layout. I, I don't know why I got closer to the mic. I don't know if that's going to sound different. Like, oh, this is, so this is the ad read uh, distance from the mic. This is the normal, <laughs> normal, normal conversation distance. distance. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, 48 minutes, Freddie. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. 
Should we? We have to move on. I, I, there's yeah, we, still, we should we move on. We didn't touch the gaming part of. Fuck! Okay. We didn't even talk about the gaming. Now part. Now we have to get be back in the show somehow. Damn it! Shit. All right, Kevin. <laughs> go check other places in Italy. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, just kidding. Come back. We love you. The thing is, um, I could I could probably probably uh, talk a full hour about gaming as well. That's but, the problem. Um, We'll we'll talk about that another okay, time. Okay, we have to create our own podcast. Jeez, <laughs> fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, second topic. Second topic. Don't forget that there is a 20 minutes pre-show in there, so we'll be all right. That is true. Yeah. Okay, we're still good. We're still good. There's a 20 minute after show. Yeah. Okay, second topic. You um, have a complicated relationship with dark mode. Yeah. Last week, Instagram, after a long time, they were like one of the last, they, they shipped dark mode. Yeah. And that was kind of an interesting... Uh, okay, so I think it started for me um, when on the Mac the first time uh, Dark Mode came out. To, which which one was that? Was that Mojave? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. One or two um, versions ago. And I, and I always kind of liked the idea of Dark Mode. The first time that I really got to use it was, I think, in the Twitter UI. I, um, I like using Twitter from my desktop just in the browser. Um, Do you... Would you pick the, like, really black? No, so I started with the, the midnight. Uh, that's like the bluish tint? Yeah. Okay. So that was the first thing they rolled out, and then everyone kept complaining that they wanted the full black one, and I t- they got the full black one. And I think I'm still on the midnight blue mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and I, I quite liked it for Twitter. So when uh, when uh, iOS came out, uh, no, not iOS, when... Um, MacOS came out with the dark mode as well. I was just like, oh, that's going to be great. And tried it for a bit. Um, and it kind of drove me crazy. I really hate... For some reason, my brain is so primed on when I'm writing an email, for instance, mm-hmm. that it should be on a white background. It just made so much sense to me. Like, it's emulating paper, it's writing... I don't know. It just felt very odd to have the dark background in... Uh, places where you type so in notes in in email mainly mm-hmm. I thought it was annoying and I, I kind of wish that I could pick and choose where I wanted dark mode and where I didn't want dark mode but it, it, I was like this is not it this is just not it and I switched back to light mode again um, but now it's it came out for iOS and I did the same thing I was like let's try it for a little bit and I love it on iOS wow I love dark mode on iOS so okay. much. It works really well. I think it's... Why? So when you're writing, is because you don't write emails on your uh, phone? I do think they tweaked that. If I go to my mail app um, and I start re- reading, I start replying to something. Oh, no, it does have the black, black background. I guess you just don't write emails on iOS. I, I think I don't. That's the thing. I think I don't write emails on, on iOS at all. Interesting. I... So I had a almost exact opposite uh, journey from yeah. you. When they shipped Dark Mode on, on Mac, I turned it on, and I haven't turned it off until Catalina now. I'll, be, yeah. I'll touch that in a second. I was running Mac, uh, Dark Mode all the time. In the beginning, it took a while for like all apps to support it. Uh, Slack, as being a famous example. Yeah. Um, in... It's just because I, I work 
on a 5K screen, there's like a lot of screen in yeah, there. Yeah, and a lot of lights. A lot of lights. Very bright, yeah. big screen on your face. I work until usually very late, sometimes late at night. And just having a constant white, you know, <laughs> white light being shined on you, it's just a lot. And it's pretty hard on your eyes. Yeah. So when I try to turn it back to the light mode, that was like the biggest thing. Uh, reaction was like, holy shit, I'm like, I'm blinded by this. It's way too much. Like, my eyes can't take it. Yeah. So it was just easier on easier on my eyes on, the, on dark backgrounds. Uh, with that said, like, there were, I always thought, still do, that uh, in macOS, especially in third party, how third parties, because um, if you follow native controls, like, the dark mode is pretty much done for you. Yeah. But if you have custom, especially web-based, like, Electron apps, you can't take advantage of all the built-in controls, so you have to, you have to effectively implement and design your own dark mode. Yeah. And it's in those inconsistencies that was driving me crazy. Yeah. So apps like well Slack, I think, has a terrible dark mode. Um, some apps are just pretty bad. Uh, and I always, I still think light mode is better designed. It looks better. It's more thoughtful. Um, I think that's also fair, given that dark mode is like two years old and light mode wasn't even called light mode. You know, it was the mode. It was just, yeah. Yeah, it was how computers looked. Except, except for when we were still in uh, DOS. DOS right, was dark mode. Right, So you mentioned writing, like text. That was the one thing that dark mode somehow didn't click. It was, I had an easier time adapting because, like, if you code, usually... You're in, yeah. Text editors, code text editors, it's in a back, uh, dark background. Yeah, you're right. Um so maybe that's why I, I was already used to seeing text against the dark background, maybe. Um, and I don't write a lot of emails. No. <laughs> so Actually, yeah. I don't write a lot non-code. I don't do that often. But um, So when, now when iOS 13 came out, because um, we've seen dark mode, like some apps had dark mode before iOS 13, before it was a yeah, like Twitter. system. Devo- like Twitter. Uh, yeah. Like, um, shit, what was it? Like things is a, a app I really like and whatever. Uh, I never liked pure black backgrounds on the OLED screen um, because of the all weird artifacts and the flashing of things. I, I guess I guess because I also I'm not on the OLED screen. Oh, okay. See, that is interesting. Yes, because on a- because I'm on the iPhone eight. Um, the screen is different, isn't it? The screen, yeah, totally. That's not OLED. That's an LCD. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Because the way, so we can talk about Instagram specifically. Because I think it's a, they did an okay job. Uh, I don't think it's a bad dark mode. Um, I I don't I don't know if I like the look, but the thing is, I d- okay, do a test. Yeah. I want you to take this and look at the separator lines. So like the line on top. Scroll back and forth. Ooh. Scroll it fast. Ooh, that kind of ooh, whoa! Hmm. The, it kind of looks the, like a guitar string. <laughs> right, it has a weird morph. Yeah, because it, it, so the OLED, the pixels, whoa, they take some time to catch up. It looks very different. We're comparing phones. This is really, <laughs> this is really bad podcast content. Yeah, I know. Do you see? <laughs> but honestly, I do. I do have my um, yeah brightness is... brightness very low, and and I think I think for me, uh, dark mode is more of a practical thing. I don't think it looks better, um, but um, it's better. It feels nicer because I'm looking at screens all day. Yeah, that uh, they're just a little bit easier on the eyes. Totally. Um, so I think that's why I've been enjoying it. Um, 
I don't, again, I don't love the way it looks. I also don't really love the way it looks in Instagram, to be honest. Um, but it, it just, it feels right and it feels better on the eyes. And I haven't felt the need to change it back. I do wonder what it will feel like to be in a white mode uh, Instagram again. But um, So you're running like dark mode uh, exclusively? Yeah. Okay. Cause so what I started doing ever since uh, iOS 13 and Catalina... Uh, because Catalina introduced a way, like a scheduled dark mode, so you can set, I don't know if it's just sunset, or you can set the time, like, well, from yeah. 6 p.m. and 4 or whatever, switch to dark. Um, I like the way they do the, you know, the wallpaper can change and whatever. Yeah, I haven't uh, switched, to, or I haven't updated to Catalina yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't, don't do uh, it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, I hear it's better not it's, to. It's pretty bad. Uh, but so, and same thing with iOS 13, they also introduced the scheduled dark mode thing. Yeah. Uh, I wish you could turn it on and off depending on the, how light, how bright the room you're in is. Cause we have the sensors, right? Um, like it, weird, it does that with, no, cause for me, I prefer dark mode when honestly it's dark. Yeah. And so I don't want to be blinded by white flash in my eyes. So that's when I pr- really prefer dark modes. When yeah, I'm in when bed, it's, when it's, I'm in whatever. It's really shiny outside. Uh, the non-dark mode works way better. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm running that mode. And so I, I switched back to light mode on my Mac ever since dark mode was introduced. So I think two years, I believe. Yeah. I switched back. Uh, it's interesting how like some things render different because if you are if you have a, a dark background and you have like a let's say a white. Uh, icon like a stroke icon or whatever yeah you need to increase the width of the stroke so i don't science whatever yeah it, com- it, it comes things with all sorts of weird um things that we've never considered in design which yeah. is interesting i um i mean it is interesting how we keep making this stuff com- more and more complicated for ourselves doesn't it <laughs> like in design i mean then yeah um for instance, one of the things I used to break is that for, um, if you would upload a transparent PNG into Twitter, um, if in light mode, the background would be white. Mm. And so if the background sh- is supposed to be white, then it's fine. But if you do the same thing with dark mode, your image kind of breaks. My work Slack, Metalify Slack, had a shit ton of custom emoji yeah and like gifs and whatever and when into the dark mode we just realized oh 80 percent of these have a white background yeah and now we're screwed because it's kind of easier to do in pngs but like try to export a gif with a transparent background i don't even know how to do that oh, i know yeah. it's possible but... you can but yeah yeah like i don't i don't have the tools for it i don't think whatever um yeah, yeah that I broke a lot of things so I, I like it. I think it's good for my eyeballs, but I also kind of hate it. And yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think I think I'm getting just warmed up to it now. Mm-hmm. And I, I at some point I will um, switch. But I also think it's um, it almost feels like a practical argument more than a, than before. What do you mean? It's 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 like less of a strain on my eyeballs to look at a dark screen. You mean that those are the excuses we give ourselves? No, not the excuses, but th- those are the reasons why we want a, a dark mode to begin with. Which yes. is very different, because before it was all about... Yeah, like, I mean... It looks not better, the only it feels better, but... Isn't it cool? I thought it was always cool. Yeah. It, it, it was like edgy and pro. 
Yeah, I guess I guess uh, Apple made that uh, solidified that with the with the iMac Pro uh, Black. Yeah, it's Pro, so it's it's base gray instead of whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm not so sure how I feel about uh, dark mode in general, but it is really weird to see Instagram in in dark mode now and. I, I, I enjoy it, but it's also. Do you feel okay? Let's go back to try to focus more on design things because I guess we have to do it because it's layout. Uh, <laughs> do you do think you, memes are gonna get dark backgrounds now as well? <laughs> and this will use Arial, right? <laughs> dark mode and Helvetica. No, the, so <laughs> the question I was: Do you think because now it's expected of apps uh, to support? Effectively, to have two color schemes, color palettes, two, two modes. Do you think that expectation will hurt basic branding? Because, like, it was impractical. Like, dark mode, supporting uh, system-wide dark mode was impractical in the pre-iOS 7 era, where you had a bunch of textures and stuff. Can you imagine, like, how does this leather texture would look in dark mode? Like, no, no we wouldn't go through this bullshit. So, to the... Today, it's I mean, easier to implement, but... In a way, in a way, the white background in an email is co-morphism to begin with. Because right, a piece of paper that's... Yeah. Right. Because okay. the paper is white, but a screen, it makes more sense to have it in dark mode because you're turning off the pixels, which means it's easier on the eyes. And Battery life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All those yeah. things. Um, so maybe it's even like taking a step away more from this co-morphism type of situation right. that we were in because indeed leather or stitching in dark mode would, would be like super ridiculous Just change the light source i mean actually that would be a very interesting challenge i would love to but to get back that. to your argument if it would uh, complicate branding even more i i don't think so because um i think traditionally if you look at branding um and i i think i think people got lazy there a little bit it should be able to it should work on dark and light backgrounds especially when your branding is going to be in the out in the wild where it's going to be printed or screen printed or anything like that but don't you think that only holds up if like that only holds up if you have the assumption that whatever your ui or your app looks it's against a white or very very light background because if you have a an app i'm trying to think of like colorful apps but you know, I was going to say Tiki, but no one would get that. The Cash app, you know, like it has a green thing, green background. So it's not just content laid on, images and text laid on top of a white background. How are we going to support dark mode even? And do you even need to? I, mean, I guess because it's still bright. So all the practical reasons that we defended dark mode for existing, do we still need to address those? So do you think, do you think the trend of dark mode is going to make UIs more monochrome? It might, honestly, it might. And I even asked this, I didn't think about it before. It was just because you said it was very interesting to see Instagram, uh, you know, with the dark mode on. Cause, so it, it's because it doesn't, it lo- it, like, that's not how Instagram looks. Yeah, it's, it's, and that's part of the it brand. It breaks the right? a little bit. That's, yeah. that's why, yeah, that's why I'm considering that. Like, it's, it's tricky. And I'm trying to think of an example, like a, an app that, that uses a, ba- a colorful background and that it supports dark mode. And I can't think of one. Yeah, the, the one thing that I think of is um, a Wunderlist, but uh, RIP. <laughs> Bought by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. It went to the dark side in another way. <laughs> um, WhatsApp, for instance. 
Oh, because it has a weird background. Does yeah, it support dark mode? Um, I don't think so. I'm trying to think, like, Google Maps doesn't support it, but I'm pretty sure Google Maps does support it on Android. So this is just Google being famously but like, late to adopt new iOS things. I honestly like the chat like this. Right, the messages? Yeah. Right. And it's always kind of weird when I, whenever I go back to... Uh... Oh, okay. No, I can think of one. Uh, notes. Well, not really colorful, but Notes had this weird papery texture on the background. Yeah, the yellow. Yeah, and then we, and so in dark mode, like it's still the same texture, it's just darker. But it's okay. So it's not maybe a good example. But yeah, whatever. it still has a paper texture. Yeah, mm. which is the worst thing about that app since forever. Anyway, oh hi, <laughs> we have a guest. So anyway, uh, I don't know. I, I am I am interested to see um, if dark mode is going to change things design wise, and it it has to. It is definitely gonna just add a complexity in time. Yeah. I, I gotta I gotta be honest. And that's why we we haven't bothered yet. Implemented yet? Yeah, it's something. But it, you know, it's for a startup. It really goes low in the priority list. Yeah. Right. Um, but it does. It's a massive effort. Yeah, it's to really design big and implement things, and not only to design a dark mode and just ship it, but also to maintain it. This yeah. means that every single asset new icon twice. asset, yeah, you have to create two versions, and it's not just that. Well, see, it's kind of like when uh, Retina? Retina screens came. But out Retina was all like a one-click thing. Well, I exported two in one. Like you didn't have to design two different. Well, sometimes variants. Sometimes because with the with well, the weird line thicknesses and shit, like I remember having to do that at my internship. But I mean, this is 2013. We were very new to Retina screens then. Hmm. Um but I mean that was that was kind of a pain in the ass as well, wasn't it? I I, I guess it became the standard. Do you think dark mode's ever going to be the standard? I mean like they're going to default to the uh I don't think so, just because it's not on by default. Yeah, and I don't think maybe for some apps it would make sense. If you were be if you would be making an ASMR app, it would make more <laughs> sense to do it in dark mode, right. as people would maybe use it more at night. But that is just the same as is before dark mode was even a thing. Like for example, the activity app where, where, on iOS is dark. Yeah, I guess. And it's gonna they say... didn't design a light mode for it, which is interesting. Yeah. Like why? Because those colorful rings. Well, because the Apple Watch always had the dark background to try to blend in with the casing. Yeah. Speaking of Apple Watch. Um, yeah, that's, that's so, a good segue. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's why they started with the background, I assume, and, and they never bothered to design okay. a light mode because it would light hurt mode, the branding. Yeah, honestly. light mode on Apple Watch would be weird. No, you can't. Even it's on the guidelines. Like, don't. Yeah. If you're going to use a full screen thing, like, don't use the. Pure black uh, background. Okay, speaking of uh, Apple Watch, you want to talk about this? Yes. So I've been considering getting an Apple Watch for a while now. Okay. And my main reasons to get it uh, is to uh, get a bit more data and help me um, go out more and standing up more and like the, the kind of the fitness argument, I would say. Do you want an incentive to be more active? Yes. Kind of. Okay. That's kind of the idea of it. Um, so I started, I started using... Um, uh, apps to track my um, my habits and stuff like that again is something that um, really gives me a boost sometimes especially when I really need it when I'm in kind of a rut or when I haven't been outside yet or stuff like that 
it really helps me. So, so that kind of triggered me thinking, oh, maybe this would be super cool. Like I like these triggers, so I want more of it. Yeah. Maybe or I want them to be easier because that's that's kind of the thing. It, it is a lot to track all those things. It's it's a lot to keep a diary. It's a lot to do all those things. And the mm-hmm. more data I can get seamless, the better. was kind of like the, the way I'm thinking. But then I think, I don't know, I, I, I have had an Apple Watch for a while where I was uh, borrowing it from a company I was working for. And I do also remember thinking, does it really add something to your life? So I'm really interested in to see how you use your Apple Watch. You've been using it since the first version came out. Mm-hmm. And um, um, what what the things are that you really like it for. Because I think, um, I, I think it might be one of those things that is nice in ways that you really can't think of if you don't wear it. Okay. Or is it? <laughs> uh, or do you even like your Apple Watch? So, the, hmm, all these are the, the, the tricky questions because I, first, I don't think anyone needs an Apple Watch. Right. As I think people need, and need is a very tricky word to use. Like, what does it actually mean? Do you, you need, need it? You need a like, phone. You need an email address. I would. But even then, some people say, you're not going to die if you don't have a phone. Right. right? You're also not going to die if you don't have electricity or running water. But right. Like it's... You have to draw a line somewhere. Okay, yeah. so here I'm comfortable saying, I don't think anyone needs an Apple Watch as much as anyone needs a smartphone. I think, you know, for, like, people need a smartphone. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. And you don't need a watch, whatever. Um, so with that said, you don't have to have one. You don't need one. I'm not going to preach it. Whatever. Uh, second question, when someone asked me if they if they should buy an Apple Watch. Second question I'd like to ask is, do you already use a traditional analog watch? Not anymore. Not anymore. Because if if the answer is yes, then by me saying you should get an Apple Watch, it means that that person has to give away something. Like they're, they're going to lose, especially if they're into watches. It's like a yeah. thing. People are, are into watches and like old school, whatever, whatever. If you're into that analog watches, for you to wear a computer on your wrist... You're going to lose that, right? It's not appealing to you. Yeah. So, But if right now, looking at your wrists, you're not wearing a watch. So I, I'm going to assume that you're not into, you're not a watch person. You're not into watches. I've had my periods. Okay. Well, okay. I've, I've had a weird internet obsession with uh, uh, um, vintage Rolex watches. <laughs> okay. So is that face gone? Or? Um, I don't have a spare 10K to, to you know, spend on a... Okay. 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 <laughs> well, okay. So, but I'm going to assume no. Uh, so, if we have that, if we get that out of the way, I think the Apple Watch is, for myself, for me, it's a valuable, special, added thing to my life. I don't need it, but it just gives me, it's, it's like a plus. It yeah. doesn't take away anything. There's yeah. really no downsides to wearing it, to wearing except the upfront price. That, yeah. you know, whatever you're going to spend buying one. Except the price, there are really no downsides that I can think of. Because now we have a watch, and that's that's okay. People wear watches for a long time now. Um, it can be sometimes socially awkward, because you look at your wrist, and people associate that with like, oh, you're in a hurry, you're yeah. bored, yeah, you're whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And no, it's just because you got a notification, and you want to see what it is. Um, but it's just, like, devices like smartphones, even computers, brilliant achievements in technology, innovation, whatever. But now in society, they have drawbacks. 
because like now you see even big companies saying giving incentives to not spend a lot of time on your phone. Hey, don't spend all your time. Now you have you know the time, yeah. uh, whatever you call it, time well spent. Yeah, well, what is it called? Well being, well whatever the Google variant. Is it, is it not the time well spent thing? Is it like a movement started by wellness some? something? To, I don't know. No, it's like a, it's like a, those that mode you can create app limits. Yeah, 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 whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So it has that downside, right? You spend a lot of time on your phone, on your computer, on your tablet, playing Candy Crush, whatever. No one spends a lot of time on their watch, on the Apple Watch. Right. Like, there's really no downside. It's just a good, positive device. Like, it tells you to get up and walk for a minute because it's good for your health. It tells you, hey, you haven't, you know, you should probably be a bit more active. Uh, hey, breathe a little bit. Take a time. That some part of it can be annoying, but like you can make it as intrusive as you want. Do you want yeah. to turn off all notifications and just track your steps and your movement and your activity? You can do that. You want to start like activity, what do you call it? Like uh, challenges, competitions with other people. Like saying, hey, I want to be more active. It's a way to gamify this thing. So they can look a bit goofy. If you think that it's a personal preference, they can look goofy because it's a black rectangle in your wrist yeah um i personally don't mind i think it looks okay yeah uh and so it's great like i've i don't have i you can't buy the cellular version in this country unfortunately so i don't have a cellular never had one but is when, it like a gps version it's just a gps yes yeah yeah, 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 yeah. so okay. like when i go i know you don't go out for runs anymore but when i go out for a run i stop bringing my phone with me and it's surprisingly maybe not so but it's like kind of liberating is it because yeah. i'm never away from not just my phone i'm never like not connected right like There's unreachable screen or something or yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. so i can go for a run don't bring the phone with me leave it at home and still have podcasts and music i track my workouts i sometimes drop by albert Hein and i get i use apple pay so i don't yeah. even need to bring my wallet all that yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's nice not to be well reachable if yeah. that makes sense yeah yeah it does make sense so you, you can have what do you think a, you can have a phone call on it though can't you no because you don't have a cellular version oh yeah oh yeah of course yeah <laughs> but like i mean i've seen people yeah you would it's like this is really stupid um yeah i don't know uh, i also quite like the the fact that you can uh, track your um heart rate and stuff like that uh, that's like really an added uh, thing for me as well um, where that's really interesting and i mean i guess it can take away some anxiety as well also the anxiety of like indeed checking your phone furious like all the mm-hmm. whole fucking day i don't know i i do have some reservations on trying to solve what are you afraid of tech problem with more tech oh, i see yeah, what are you afraid of <laughs> um okay yeah, so uh, th- um things i am afraid of is that I, it does feel like a luxury product. It's not the most fashionable uh, item I've ever seen. Neither is our AirPods and yet. You know, yeah, they've become. That didn't stop anyone, did it? No, I know. I kind of like that they look a little bit douchebaggy, to be honest. <laughs> I, th- I think I would look even more douchebaggy with an Apple Watch. I, I do think it's. Uh, I don't know. It blends in way more. Like if you want a, just a more subtle band, but not a flashy one or whatever. Uh, yeah, I think it's less flashy than AirPods. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah, definitely. Oh, one thing that I didn't mention really, but, and I only uh, became, effectively, ever since I bought the original Apple Watch, 
I always wear an Apple Watch on me. Like, I don't spend a day without... It's the first thing I do in the morning. It's the last thing I do at night. So all this is that, like, I became very used to it. I don't think about it. Whatever. When I use the Pixel, uh, you know, the Apple Watch didn't work with the Pixel, of course. Yeah. Uh, big caveat, like, you have to have an iPhone for this to be compelling. Yeah. Uh, but I realized that my phone, the Pixel, was buzzing all the time. I was taking it in and out of the pocket a lot more checking because if you got a notification, it would buzz. And I was like, what is this feeling? My phone is buzzing. That is so weird. If oh, you have right. an Apple Watch, that stop my phone never buzzes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah because yeah. my wrist buzzes. Yeah. Right? So I never like I don't take I don't use my phone as much because I can if I get a notification, I'll check it at a glance on the wrist and I can see like is this something I wanna is it worth it to act on it and take my it, phone yeah. or can I just ignore it? Yeah. So I know it's solving technology problems with technology, like you said, but it will make you use your phone less. Yeah, I, I like that idea. I'm going a little just holiday for my phone. Just get one. Uh, okay, I will think about it. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Also, they're pretty cheap now, or they're getting cheaper. Yeah, and um, why this came up now is because a friend of mine is looking to sell his for a half price, which is interesting. Would you get the 44 or the 40? The small one. I have small wrists. <laughs> I don't know. I have very small wrists. Okay. But yeah, no, the big one would look ridiculous on me. Um, but definitely the small one. Um, yeah, I don't know. I um, I do feel like it's also kind of like... Um, um, other people can then see that you are a nerd. When you wear one. A, a nerd? Yeah. Everyone is a nerd. No. No, that's... <laughs> All like... All the people that Hipster we hang with in the are nerds, yeah. <laughs> but like that's not you know I don't know. Yeah, it's I interesting. Know. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like branding yourself you? in a way as well. Does that bother you being perceived as a nerd, even though you totally are? Yeah, um, sometimes. Interesting. You can also get this. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. You know, blow your brains. You can if you buy an Apple Watch. You can like not use it. <laughs> like if you're going out at a party at a very cool yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, you yeah. can just not take it with you yeah you're right you're right but especially like <laughs> it's a, not like a tattoo no you, you, yeah yeah you're right no it's funny um but no i don't know it's interesting though like it it, it does add to your like um visual branding i feel yeah it defines you a little bit yeah yeah it's, it's very prominent it's very you, yeah. you're one of those right you know what i mean join us join the dark side it's dark mode but it's also just like wearing an expensive headphones it's like oh you're one of those uh i think only people who know like regular regular people i'm I'm (laughs) doing air quotes regular people don't even know what expensive headphones are no you know yeah you know so only if you're into expensive headphones you know that that's an expensive headphone so it's like, well, if you know, then we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe you can make friends in that way as well. Like, oh, that person's also wearing an Apple Watch. Yeah, I'm sorry <laughs> to break it down, to break it to you, but <laughs> that never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it would happen more in the when it wasn't as mainstream as it is now. Yeah, like the I think, first, yeah. The first version, the first model, it wasn't even sold on a lot of countries. It was no, very, right. it had a very slow rollout. Just I like bought it in iPhone. London. Really? And it was like, this was very, I told this story previously in the podcast, but like when I got it, there was only 
one or two stores in the UK that sold it. Like in the world, it was like five stores that wow. would sell it. You couldn't buy one at an Apple store, but it was like a like a high end fashion concept store. Yeah, I forget the name now. Um, and they even only sold the uh, stainless steel model, which was the expensive. One. Well, you also had the gold one, whatever. So they didn't even sell the cheap ones, the yeah. aluminum ones. So and that was the only way for like a month or two. They didn't even sell it in Apple stores. Uh, that was the only way to get one. It was really hard, but so but I, you know, they tr- I think they tried to um, position themselves like a, you know, fashion, fashion yeah. thing, and I think they completely ditched that now, and now they uh, focus more on dads. Yeah, they didn't work out as they planned. I th- honestly, I think even that whole positioning. Uh, that was the Johnny Ive thing. I think Johnny Ive wanted to get into that. I mean, it, it could business. have been. It could have been a really interesting avenue. But then the thing is, the Apple Watch is just not really that fashionable. Going back to Apple being like a, the cool dad, or whatever. Like, yeah. no, it's still a computer. I know you can make it in gold and make it look fancy. We but know it's, it's still, a computer on your yeah, wrist. Like, it's still you're a computer not, on your wrist. Yeah, you're yeah. not. You know. Yeah, we can see through it. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into it. The yeah, thing well. is, if I if I don't like it, I can always just sell it again. Right. Can I just say one thing? I'm assuming this model that your friend is selling is not the Series Five, though. No, it's model. not the, the, the always on screen one. I would get the always on screen though. Yeah. Like if you're gonna buy one now. Yeah. Why not? Because that's the thing. Like if you're not used to Apple Watches and you. The fact that it's you can't just look at your wrist and tell the time you have to do this weird yeah, that, I, wrist I movement that. Yeah. that you know for Apple Watch users it becomes you you it becomes like muscle memory yeah but whatever but that can be off putting for someone yeah. getting started I, I do really like the always on idea yeah I think so I think you should yeah they're not that expensive so I the aluminum models at least right get that get yeah. that one okay, I think they have some battery issues I think I've mm-hmm. heard. I will do some research on the internet. Just uh, set your expectations. You're going to charge it overnight. Yeah. If you set that expectation and like, and you're not like a super into like fitness person, so you're not going to like work out for hours a day, which that's like what it takes most battery. Yeah. Like that's. I'm not going to be working out for eight hours a day. Okay. Anytime soon. So I think you should be good, but just because the always on and the smaller model the battery might be an issue, but look into it. Cool, okay. Cool, uh, I think that was it. Actually, recommendations, remember? That's the thing we do in the show. Oh, my lord. Da, 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 da. Um, actually, I haven't thought of one, so let's take a let's take a moment to think of one. Yeah, I was going to say, I have to really think about this for a second. Uh, me too, let's think. <laughs> okay, for this week's recommendations. Okay, what you, what you got? What I got. Okay, so recently... Um, there is this podcast. It has been going since 2016. It's called Heavyweight. Do you know it? The Gimlet Media, right? Yes. Yes, I've heard of it. They're coming out. They're, the new season is coming out right now. So they're doing a new episode every week. Can you briefly just summarize what, what is it about? Yeah. So it's um, it's this podcast. Podcast um, is another British word, you say. Yeah, I know. I can't help it. Um, what's the guy's name again? Jonathan Goldstein. Yeah, Goldstein. Exactly. This this podcast by Jonathan Goldstein. He's a guy with a very unique voice, I would say, um, and a very unique sense of humor. 
And what he does basically is he dives deeper into stories that um, have happened to people. And the main theme is that people are always just left wondering what happened to someone or what happened to something or what happened to an object or he always and then Jonathan tries to mend the relationship or uh, try find the story or why something happened so um, for instance I think if you've never listened to this podcast I would go back and go to September and listen not to the first episode that's called Buzz, but the second episode is called Gregor. Hmm. Um, Gregor, uh, that episode is about um, him, the host, Jonathan, um, um, lending some of his CDs to a, a friend of his who turned out to become a very big DJ. Um, and then, but he was... His biggest hit is made with his CDs. And um, they've had a fight over the CDs for a couple of years. And um, at some point, it turned into them not talking anymore. Well, so he, the, the, Jonathan, the host. Yes, well, and his friend. One. It's a very personal one. I think it's the, the perfect one to start off with. Um, and it, it's just really interesting how he tries to mend that relationship, how he... I mean, touches all the things that are painful of the relationship and how it ended. Anyway, they're they're coming out with a new season right now. Um, I think we're on episode three now. Episode three came out today. Um, And it's just one of the most interesting um, and delightful podcasts I've listened to in a long time. And it's not afraid to get painful. It's not afraid to dive deeper into things that usually you'll stay away from in a relationship with someone. So yeah, I would definitely recommend listening to that. It's very different from the podcast you're listening to right now. It's more of a story podcast. It's relaxing. I really enjoy listening to it like when I'm cycling or just on the couch. It's great. Good recommendation. Good stuff. And I like that not only you you recommended the podcast, but also the episode to start with. That's important. Yeah. Cool. I think that that episode sucks you right in. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Uh, That was such a good recommendation that, you know, to balance things. Uh, I have a really bad one. (laughs) A bad one? (laughs) Bad as in like no one cares. Uh, (laughs) But I've been, I've been uh, writing Break This Safe 2, like an Apple Watch game thing. And I've been writing it in SwiftUI. And we've talked about it, you know, SwiftUI in the show. Yeah. Uh, to know the technology, kind of cool, yada yada. There's the documentation for it sucks so bad that I'm just it's it's like unusable. There's nothing in it. It's like oh, there's this whatever. I'm not gonna even. I was about to nerd out really. Bad. Whatever. So the recommendation is if you're writing SwiftUI and you're also struggling with documentation and you're googling everything, um, I recommend this this sheet sheet. Uh, I would say this website that. It's like what their documentation should be. And uh, the URL is fucking SwiftUI.com. Because like, that's how people are <laughs> pissed about. So if you're writing SwiftUI, you have no idea like what's the syntax for a button, what's the declaration, whatever. Just go to fucking SwiftUI.com. And you know, it's a pretty useful sheet sheet. Um, it sounds like it's uh, made by a, a very um, pissed off uh, developer. I mean... Yeah, I, I can relate. I think it, I think it is. Why why doesn't Apple have this on point? Uh, oh no, they, I'm sure they will. They just 
Apple okay. right now is, you know, there's spread thin. Also, uh, if you don't want to type that in your browser, you can also go to goshdarnitswiftui.com. That also works. <laughs> I love that. Um, so goshdarnit. Oh, actually, not it. So just goshdarnitswiftui uh, or swiftui.com that it works. So That's nice. I like that. Cool. Okay, uh, Freddy, thanks so much again for joining of course. me, us. Uh, Kevin will be back next week. Uh, but that's that's not a reason for you not to return as well. So <laughs> can talk about that. Um, thank you. So where can people find you on the internet if they want to keep in touch? Twitter. You'll find everything on Twitter. My Twitter, Twitter handle is at Frederica PNG. Frederic PNG. Yes. Boom. Cesar. Follow follow Freddie. Uh, she's a good follow. Uh, and you can also follow her on Instagram. Yep. Freddie dot PNG. Right? Yep. Yep, See, yep, I, yep. I remember. And then I have a website and everything. But you'll find those things on the Twitter. You can find it. Yeah, you can find it. Okay, cool. Uh, you can you can follow the show on Twitter so you can see when... Actually, we pretty much only tweet when we post new episodes. Uh, but uh, we are at Layout FM. I'm contractually obliged to say this. I am not, actually. <laughs> I make the contract. No, I, I mean, whatever. Uh, you can follow me uh, um, at Ravahari on Twitter. Kevin is not here, but you can still follow him on Twitter. He's at Vernal Kick. And you can find the show notes for this, so you can find links for everything we recommended and we talked about uh, on our website. That's layout.fm. If you have a product or something you want to sponsor on the show, uh, also check the website. We have links for for that. Uh, this show is part of the Spec FM network. So if Freddie's recommendation of a podcast was not enough and you need more, go to spec.fm. There's a lot more like design, tech, programmer things, content for you. And lastly, there are thanks to Flatiron School for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout. Again, go to flatironschool.com slash layout to learn more. Bye, Freddy. Bye. 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 I mean, I, I personally never really edit um, podcasts, but even... So I recently fell into this... Um, you have specific words in where you are very British. Podcast is one of those words. Really? Because I would say oh, podcast, I guess it's more American thing. You say podca- podcast. 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 Podcast, yeah. That cast is very British. So I think... Um, so I, I guess when you're a European person, you get very confused very easily for it, at, at least here in the netherlands all of the shows were always dubbed uh, were never dubbed so they were always in the original language Same. so which means we get a lot of exposure to american english usually right but then in schools they always taught us british english same fascinating and um because if you're in europe and you're going to teach English. Hey, we have an English right here. Why yeah. would you teach something with an American accent? So. Exactly. It's like the, the original. Uh, so we would also learn the British spelling and stuff like that. But then I also lived in the UK for a while. Mm. And it was very interesting because there were definitely things that I would pronounce very different. For some reason, there is a bunch of words 
that even in English I will give like a French kind of swing too. Hmm. And this is because um, they are usually loan words. And we also use them in Dutch. And in Dutch we sp- we pronounce them a little bit more French. I think a really good example of that is uh, garage. So in Dutch we would say garage. And in French you would say garage, I guess. Okay. A bit more like that. So I, I remember say asking my, my roommate, like, can you please open the garage for me? And they were like, garage? Garage? You mean garage? And I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, okay. <laughs> but it's huh. funny because I would never... So it happens that I would, if I'm talking about a garage, that I would say garage and not garage, but I would never pronounce the, the music uh, genre, genre is another word, there we go, <laughs> um, as garage instead of garage. That's definitely garage in my brain. You say so. garage band, the app. Oh, maybe. You garage never say band. Hmm. I don't know. At least that's how like Steve Jobs said it on stage. I, just, I don't know. Did he say garage band? He said garage band. I'm, oh. I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's where I picked it up from, I think. Why would I say it that way? Yeah, I don't know. It's, for me, it's just because garage. we say garage in, right. in Dutch. Garage, Portuguese. Yeah, so that's very close again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I mean, you get you get this little... Um, you, you just get confused all the time. Sometimes I also don't know, do I sound very Dutch? Do I sound very American? Do I sound British at all? Like, I don't know. But I also get... Um, recently I've been getting a bit more exposure to British English English as well as I'm dating a British guy but also I'm playing video games games with a guy from Scotland and a guy from Ooh. England as well mm-hmm. so I guess that does have an, an influence in the way I pronounce things I, I love this topic I just I, I, I don't talk about it as much as I want because I can see that this only applies like only expats or people who are non-English native speakers can relate in, like I know that's not the audience, like people don't want to hear, don't want to listen to me talk about this. Yeah, but I think it's, it's fascinating because, like, podcasts. Yeah, but then, yeah, your your accent is based on like your surroundings, your environment. Yeah, if you live in an English speaking country, well, your accent is going to be from your parents, like your region where you live, usually. Yeah, uh, and that's why if you move, maybe you yeah. try to translate your accent, whatever. When you don't speak English, the thing you are exposed to is just. It's a bunch of different shit. Yeah. It's movies, it's, it's music, it's TV, yeah. it's uh, some people that you know. So it's, I don't have like one accent. No, I, exactly. We have this weird, weird accent. There are some accents like based on the language they speak, like a Dutch accent, because Dutch people, like the Dutch language has a way for you to pronounce things. Wow, I'm going to pick up all these song, sounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you know, you try to adapt. Honestly, the way your mouth works, the way you 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 make sounds, whatever. So that's interesting. But so I think the guitar is the only. I, the guitar is the one word that I'll, I tend to slip into more British for no reason. Guitar, yeah. Guitar. Guitar. I, I yeah. Guitar. I don't know. That's there are a couple funny. Of words. Um, the thing that you you're saying is, I mean, it's for me, it's very apparent. Maybe it's the same in Portuguese, but um, when native english speakers try to speak dutch i get very aware of how different our mouth sounds are in mm-hmm. my language um but also how much we are adapting to speak english as well because for in- instance uh, the difference between the number three and a tree that is growing outside 
that the th thing is very hard for dutch people so it always sounds a little bit 100 uh, off yeah um and apparently there is also a thing with the s sound that that i do differently from that dutch people in general do differently from for instance uh, british and uh, english speakers speakers there we we got it right there because that's the thing with dutch i think if i had to make the not made fun but like the stereotype stereotypical dutch person speaking in english the accent would be very like dish you know they yeah. would do this sound a yeah. lot yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah 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 which is funny but i mean i've i've been living here for a while now i've seen a lot of dutch speak english i mean all of the that you speak english to me thanks yeah <laughs> <laughs> um the accent is really really good i think the dutch in general have a really good english but but, but then there's also people that talk like this you know mm. they will just uh, let's uh, go out and uh, see some trees outside you know <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's a great day for it and uh... <laughs> wow you're messing me up it's like whoa who are you <laughs> what happened i know switch it back <laughs> put it back <laughs> put it back <laughs> you mentioned the th sound a lot um I can totally relate to that because we don't have that. No. And in Portuguese, the H, you don't pronounce, the H is always silent. It's always just an auxiliary to, like, if you put an H after an N, the sound, the sound changes or whatever. So especially doing that H sound as in, like, as and has, or, like, you know, eat and heat. Yeah, and yeah, 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 those yeah. things, I like. If I get tired, that's the first. That's the first victim. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that will just all mess that up. Oh, that reminds me of the one time I had a really big hangover with my friend from Brazil, and at some point we were just like, "So <laughs> I'm sorry." Who can relate? <laughs> People don't don't give us credit enough for this. Yeah, just speaking involves way more effort than. If you're speaking in a native tongue. Yeah. So, like, give, you know, cut us some crap. Give us give us a break. Yeah, sometimes it's, yeah. And then, especially when people start making fun of you when you're saying dumb shit. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, like, I'm not a native speaker. Yeah. Leave me alone. Because <laughs> speaking is, like, being able to speak is one of the first skills you learn as a human being. Yeah. And it's also very closely associated with, honestly, intelligence or, yeah. like, if you don't know how to speak, yeah. you have to be dumb, right? So <laughs> there's this mis- not misconception, but there's this bias because yeah. if you have a, if you can't even speak proper or like if you don't have the basic grammar, uh, you know, knowledge or whatever, something is wrong with you. Yeah, you, you must be a dumb, dumb person. Right. Yeah. So when you are just very speaking unfair. not your native language, you know, you struggle a little bit. So people can perceive your struggle with you just being dumb. Like, you're not as smart, sharp, yeah. intelligent, articulate as whatever. And that, like, I understand that it happens. I don't blame people for... It's not that for thinking that, but have to... Have, no, I don't blame people for having that bias. But it's also, damn, very frustrating. Because I know when I'm struggling... And I know that you know that I know that I'm strong. You know, it's yeah, so, it's yeah, so yeah, awkward yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And and but the thing is, where I think it's very unfair is um, that language is not as easy for everyone, and it also depends on when you got exposure exposed to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know people that picked up pick up languages like it's nothing, and I know people that are really struggling with that as well. Yeah. Um, so it really doesn't have anything to do with intelligence at all i think no but um yeah it does co- come across like that and um i don't know i personally also feel in, in different languages i have different personalities 
<laughs> it's you don't feel this at all. Maybe I haven't thought about it, but maybe. So the way I visualize this, this is now a linguistics podcast, by the way. <laughs> the way I visualize it is like I'll put this at the end. There is there's its core, and that's your personality, right? And um, your core personality. Um, there is a there is a, a a little circle around it, and that's language. So in your first language, your native language is the closest to your personality. Mm. And you can you can reach your personality the most with that core language that you have. And then there's another ring outside it, and that's your second language, right? It's further away from your core. It's harder to express yourself very specifically and like eloquent. Um, it's even hard to do that in your first language, but mm-hmm. it's even harder to do that in the second one. Question. Is it possible, or do you believe it's possible, to change, effectively change the default language? I've, I've certainly, like, I've spoken English on a regular basis, even when I was working, well, let's say... Since I went to college, pretty much all of the media I was exposed to, like I almost exclusively English speaking things. And then when I started working, I also started speaking a lot in English, even like for Portuguese companies, sometimes because we had people, well, not locals. Yeah. But working there, we all default to English as like the official work language or whatever. More and more so as then I started doing a podcast and then I started, you know, work for American company, yada, yada, yada. I've definitely felt at some point in my life, maybe, I want to say like five years ago, give or take, in where I've felt that I, I started thinking in English now. Yeah. And if you start thinking in a different language, I'm pretty sure that means that that's your default language. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think you can definitely change your default language, but I do think that um, as a non-native English speaker... You will never get. You will never be as as proficient as a real native. Yeah, because I That's think okay. I think there the part that you will never there you never get, and maybe it's even so in the same language but on a different side side of the planet. So say from England to America, a, a part of uh, language is also um, culture and context. Um, so. Um, a part, a part of being, a part of speaking Dutch, is also this collective memory that we have of things that happened ten years ago or mm. twenty years ago or whatever, and the things that we reference to. There is like, I mean, a good example of this is um, sayings. Right. Um, yeah. They are just they are just a, like a co- collective memory um, that you have as a, as a nation almost. And um, we all know what they mean, but why do we know what they mean? Because they sometimes they don't even make sense. Yeah. So, for instance, we have this saying, now the monkey comes out of the sleeve. If you haven't learned that like as a thing... Yeah, it makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. And as a non-native speaker, it's really hard to get those last bits of information. But don't um, you think you can? Just like by, just honestly, by osmosis. If you live in that circle yeah. in that bubble in that environment for long enough you will get that i don't maybe i don't know maybe i don't know it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting question 
I, I don't know. I think you can get very close, but um, I think uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where even people that are super well uh, in their second language, when they get really angry, sometimes they'll default back to you know yeah. their emotional language is their first language. Or yeah. it happens sometimes that when people get really old and they have to go to like an old people house and they get. Um, Sometimes they can't speak their second language anymore, even though they've been speaking it for 40 years. Whoa. Yeah. That so, is kind of scary. Yeah. Oh, wait, I shouldn't cover my mouth. That's kind of, yeah. <laughs> I had a, I had a, um, my, my grandpa had a brother, I guess my uncle, that lived in Canada. And for some reason, there's a lot of Dutch people that live in Canada. Huh. So there was even a Dutch people's old people house. Whoa. And it was because a lot of people reverted back to speaking Dutch. And they, from the one day to the other, they couldn't speak English anymore. That is really scary. Yeah. The hum- humans are, honestly, it's just like a cycle. You know, the Benjamin Button thing? Like, yeah. we die, like, we end our lives just closer and closer to how we start them. You know, like... Yeah. We keep building on top of us as a person. Again, I shouldn't cover my mouth here. We keep building on ourselves as as a, as a person, and then it reaches a point in where it just starts going backwards. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah, yeah. you die as you know. Old people are very similar to children in a way. And yeah, damn, I hope I'm not like really old people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah, you yeah. listening. Yeah. <laughs> not people who Maybe, listen to podcasts. I mean, podcasts. I don't know if like a nineteen-year-old, ninety-year-olds is listening to this, but I would love. For that to happen, but I, I seriously doubt it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't fidget with things. No, that's okay. Okay. No, this is good. That I'm going to put this in the after show so we get rid of... We learn. And so... Yeah. Should, should, we, should we get started with yeah, the... Yeah, let's start. Okay. <laughs>